0: Welcome to Tenure Talk, presented by the Procurement Foundry, with your host, Sarah Scudder. This episode is sponsored by Coupa. With over $2 trillion of cumulative spend under management, Coupa offers its global customers, from Fortune 1000 companies to the world's fastest-growing organizations, the visibility and control they need to manage costs, mitigate risks, and scale for growth, all in one comprehensive and open cloud-based platform. With the extensive data flowing through its business spend management platform, Coupa's community intelligence offers real-time benchmarks and best practice prescriptions. These insights are derived from the measurable outcomes of companies around the world. Coupa's BSM platform empowers finance and procurement leaders to spend smarter and tap into the collective wisdom of the Coupa community. For more information, visit www.coupa.com. Welcome to the Procurement Foundry Show, Tenor Talks. We ask the same five questions each week, providing you with chewable bites of expertise. I am your host, Sarah Scudder, a print procurement guru. I run Real Sourcing Network, a technology company that provides an innovative and painless way for organizations to buy high quality print for less. I am Honored to have David Loseby as our guest today. David, it's a it's a pleasure having you here with us. I'd like to start off each interview making it a little personal and fun. So if you could share a couple random non-business related facts about yourself.
1: Wow. Um, I suppose probably a couple of a couple of the facts would be um, I'm actually uh, I'm actually a qualified scuba diver instructor and a a rescue diver, um, which is probably not known by too many people in the procurement world. Um, In my much fitter days, I did I did uh, I did stages of the Tour de France. So um, I used to be a lot healthier and fitter than I am today.
0: (laughs) Hashtag COVID life. I think all of our exercise schedules have been interrupted. (laughs) Correct. So David, tell me a little bit about yourself and your current role.
1: Uh, yes. So, um, I probably have probably what arguably one of the, um, uh, one of the, one of the most complex probably career paths that, that you could ever imagine. Um, and certainly had I gone to a career sphere, um, at the, at the tender age of either 16 or 18, it certainly wouldn't have been a, a career path that, um, they would have mapped out for me. So, um, I could probably split my, uh, split my time into spending probably one third of my career um, in property development and construction as a, a charter surveyor and a, and a, and a program director. Um, probably another third of my career spent as a, uh, a CPO and probably another, another third of my career as a behavioral scientist because I have spent probably the last 15 years working uh, in uh, academic research in, in the area of behavioral science. and applied cognitive psychology. So quite a, quite a quirky career. I spent many times working in lots and lots of different um, organizations, uh, some large, some small, uh, also private and public sector organizations. And I've also spent uh, quite a number of years living and working overseas, um, some, some in nice places and some in not so nice places um, around the world. Um, and as a consequence, despite giving up uh, French at secondary school, uh, now now uh, have the dubious pleasure of speaking French, Portuguese, and Italian. Um, so um, uh, quite quite an oddball in terms of uh, procurement professionals, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I, I always wish that I had grown up in a bilingual household. My, my youngest sister's husband actually speaks five languages fluently. And I always think it's incredible to hear him come in and out in one sentence and in, in so many different languages. <laughs> so David, who was one person, mentor, coach or boss that has helped you most in your career and how did they help?
1: I, th- I, think, I think for me, I and mean, it's interesting because I actually had a, a discussion with this lady not so many weeks and months ago, um, a lady called Alison Hutchinson, um, who at the time was one of the Barclays, um, uh, Barclays business banking um, CEOs, um, and actually taught, taught me some something that was quite a, an important sort of, I'll call it lesson, um, around how to treat people, um, how to, focus sometimes on the small things that made a really big difference to people in their career and in their lives and recognizing that sometimes the small details and the little things actually make a massive difference and drive significantly lots and lots of discretionary effort um, by people in organizations motivate them to do things that sometimes move them out their comfort zone uh, just spur them on to do the next thing uh, to achieve greater and I think for me, um, that 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 lesson around understanding, or I'll call it the people motivations, rather than just focusing on systems and processes and data and things like that, was, was such an important lesson. Um, and oddly enough, she went on to to found a, a charity uh, called Pennies, uh, which probably doesn't translate across the water, but um, in many countries, the small change that that uh, Is harvested off um, off credit card bills when rounded up to a whole number, uh, was part and parcel of this charity that went went to save um, lo- lots and lots of people's lives and improve lots of people's lives, um, and uh, and consequently um, and under uh, a knighthood um, in one of the uh, the Queen's New Year's Honours list. So uh, a very inspirational lady indeed, and uh, a great privilege to work with her.
0: And I love the name of her her nonprofit. Thank you. What is the most innovative thing that you've seen in your space in the past twelve months?
1: The most innovative thing for me um, actually has come out of um, we, we've we've been working on launching and putting in place a new digital uh, platform for all of our uh, direct procurement. Um, And one of the things that that, um, I think has been particularly um, inspirational is the way in which we've used a new application that that delivers um, at point um, learning and development um, for the tool. So as you can imagine, particularly in the the wonderful pandemic and COVID world that we live, uh, the traditional routes of delivering knowledge transfer, training, that sort of thing, Clearly, clearly needed a, a bit of a boost and a bit of a change of direction. And therefore, um, applying um, this, this point of use uh, training delivery, which is both um, visual, audio, um, but also um, is, is on demand as opposed to something that, that is there and invasive. So it can be simply called up and utilized at the point of of, uh, of, of, of taking a piece of process or functionality uh, within a system. So for me, um, I think that's been a huge, um, I'll call it, um, uptick uh, in terms of the adoption of the digital platform. So for us, um, and as I say to many people, um, it's no point having a really nice, shiny, glossy, new digital platform if nobody's adopted it or are using it. Uh, the, the real benefits come in, in the fact that people want to use it, know how to use it, and use its, use its fullest capacity and capability. So that's something that for me has been uh, particularly significant on the journey that we've had to go on in a, in a world where we've, we've been living through lockdown.
0: I think change management is something that any of us in procurement or in, in almost any leadership position struggle with is to get people to change and and do something different and you mentioned the on-demand content and training piece one of the interesting themes that I've started seeing is the addition of gaming into virtual trainings because people are are used to being on their phones and playing video games and so I think that's a trend that we're going to continue to see more of as well.
1: Yeah I mean definitely I think I think you know I mean, obviously, um, you know, personally speaking, because because my my PhD study is, is in the area, area of behavioural science and applied uh, cognitive psychology, I've used a lot of that to influence the way in which we've we've structured the adoption methodology, um, and so I'm particularly proud that we've managed to um, to agree and get sign off to a series of personal qualifications for people that use the new digital platform that are transferable from uh, their role, their current day role to, to roles outside of, um, uh, Rolls-Royce. Um, so for me, uh, that is something that, that I'm particularly um, proud of too. Mm -hmm.
0: David, what is one thing that we don't know about you professionally?
1: Wow. Um, goodness. Um, I say, really, uh, what you don't know about me professionally, I would say that 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 for me, um, uh, I the one the one thing that that, that um, I suppose um, uh, I, I I recognize professionally is that um, I have probably invested probably the best part of twenty years plus in the procurement fash- profession. Uh, in giving back what I call giving back um, and it's something that I know not just me but many other people just quietly get on with um, and and provide uh, that kind of I'll call it give back to the profession and it's something that I've done for for all of my my, my working career in in, in procurement um, and so for me um, I think that's hugely important and hugely important in terms of um uh, developing developing yourself over a continuous period and uh, one of the things that i see many people do is simply get their qualifications and then say that's it i'm done i'm finished no more um and i think that that is probably for me one of the biggest uh, mistakes i think that people can make um and i think it's it's a, it's almost an injustice to the study and, and the development that they've put into themselves to not then continue that on, so I think it, I think for me, it, you know, in terms of professionally, um, yeah, I mean, I, and I've I've again I've um, I've delivered um, procurement training and development in all sorts of different countries and circumstances, from China to Russia to Singapore to to France, and and apart from apart from Russian and apart from Mandarin, I've, I've delivered the training in different languages. Um, so, so having, having had my training delivered in Russian and recognizing that they weren't words that, that, um, translated from English into Russian, um, uh, some real interesting moments in terms of, um, words that were missing that you wouldn't ordinarily expect were there. So yeah, some interesting insights.
0: Very interesting. David, my final question for you is what is one piece of advice that you can give Someone clawing up the ranks.
1: I would simply put it as don't be afraid to ask ask the questions. Don't 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 pretend you know the answers to, to all of the all the things that are thrown at you. And also sometimes um, be prepared to challenge. So I suppose it's two pieces of advice. One is ask questions and, and don't think that, that you don't have a right to. To ask questions and to challenge certain things, because um, probably one of the things that that um, I've certainly valued throughout my career is, on several of occasions, I've used what's called a reverse mentor, so somebody significantly younger and less grey hairs than me, to um, to help me with uh, an understanding of how, particularly uh, many years ago, how social media and tech works. Um, you know, what what are some of the different ways and tools that can be used to get Better penetration through the social media networks. So I think, um, I think I think the advice I would give is that, that um, there's 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 always a, a I'll call it a reciprocal deal to be had between uh, people people in the ascendancy of their career and other people in a sense in the maturity of their career. And I think there's always that that wonderful symbiotic relationship where where each can actually value. And, and deliver, I'll call it expertise and knowledge from each other. So I, I would see it, or I would always see it as probably a two-way exchange rather than a one-way exchange.
0: Thank you for that, David. And I, I love the phrase reverse mentor. Thank you for being on our show, and I've enjoyed looking at your cool background today as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's one of the engines that we uh, that we manufacture and produce that uh, hang off wings of aircraft.
0: All right. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.